whether you enjoy listening to podcasts or want to record a podcast, Anchor is a pl- perfect platform to start on. Not perfect in the ap- absolute sense, but perfect in the context of ease of use as far as creating the episode. Ease of use as far as discovering new podcasters. People just stepping into the arena of podcasting. I can't think of a better platform to produce a podcast on. In less than two years, I've been able to get my podcast heard on a multiple level, multiple platforms. From Anchor to iTunes to Google Podcasts. I've even landed Life is About More Than Living on iHeartRadio. The last one? That took an application, an application to get on that last platform. Yes, I had to apply to be on iHeartRadio, but now I'm there. And the best platform of all, which is also associated with Anchor, is Spotify. Once your podcast reaches Spotify, you can easily transfer it, transfer it to multiple social media platforms and reach more and more listeners. So I suggest you give Anchor a try if you're considering podcasting. Failure. Faith. Falling up. This is one of the very few episodes I've recorded as a video for my YouTube channel. As well as for the podcast, my podcast, Life is About More Than Living. I've chosen to do it in this format with the hope of reaching more people. It ties directly in with my very first episode, which I have in past episodes, dissected somewhat. On this time, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Because I think there are certain aspects of my life story that I've left out. I've even left out in a very short book, Little Boy Lost, We Are One. That I have come to realize need to be told for the benefit of others. People growing up, perhaps in small towns, in less than perfect environments. So I'm going to dive right into it. Failure, faith, falling up. About the age of five, I've discovered I had the ability to stop crying over my mother, who was in and out of the house. For reasons I will discover later in life. But she was there, that she wasn't there. And some people who may watch this video, and some people who may stay with me on this journey of this story, this aspect of my life, different aspects of my life. Some family members, some who know me, will say, well, the past is the past, and you should let go of it, Alfred. You've talked about it over and over again in different ways in your writings and your stories. You keep bringing it up. I even had one family member several years ago was like, I wasn't there. They want to dive into the joyful aspects of growing up around some of my family members. But here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing. Some of the people with the greatest smiles on their faces, some of those who have achieved some of the greatest successes in life, have come from environments that they seem to can't let go of. 
because their childhood, something in their childhood affected them, has affected them throughout their life. And for me, learning how not to cry, that first discipline to, to guard my own mental health, which I didn't know that's what I was doing at the age of five. Her mom was in and out of the house and gone a lot. It's my safeguard because you would think your mother's there. And my mom, when she passed away years ago, died. We had a chance to become best of friends before I came to understand her story. You see, something that people don't want to talk about often in the African-American community, and I'm going to go there in the African-American community, is that whether you come from a small town or a major city, whether you grew up in a small town or a major city, some of the darkest secrets lead to some of the greatest ongoing trauma. And if you do not, not only learn not only learn how to heal, but learn how to cope with those memories, they will infect every aspect of your life. Which was part of the reason I did the very first episode of my podcast, Preconditioned to Fail, because in that home environment, though I was allowed to grow, to study, to learn how, I was given reading materials, I was giving information. Behind the scenes, and I'm not going to my sister's aspect because she's not available to talk about what she went through, but I'm going to talk about what I went through. You may say, well, you're 59 years old, well, look at what you where you're at. The journey to where I'm at might have been a little bit easier if I had been more willing to address some of those things. So glossing over those things. You may say, well, what things, Alfred? When you're constantly told how good you are on one side of the mouth and the other side, you're worthless, you're no good, no one loves you. I'm the only one who cares for you. I got you. As a little kid, you, your mind is being in the form of the stage, and you know, we uh, get those messages can lead us to different places. We are some of you who have listened to other episodes. So you're just rehashing old material. Broken boy, broken men come from broken boys and girls. And sometimes the coping mechanisms we learn in childhood become survival mechanisms in our adult life. Love is not always love because it's called love. Because you have a roof over your head, food in your stomach, and someone who cares for you, shelters you, protects you. That's the mean that's necessary love in the free sense. For their love becomes associated with a price tag. But as a kid, you may not know this. Now, I'm going real public with this, and people may hear it who knows where. I really don't care what rats ask whether they're here to receive it or not. Because on the side of being taught to succeed, the failure was there. A 
beast was there. We don't like acknowledging that often in the African-American community. Some of us as men don't like acknowledging that perhaps as a kid I was abused. Possibly even my left. PTSD is not just for soldiers and survivors of people in war-torn lands. There's a reason there's things such as dark family secrets. And those who break forth and tell those stories sometimes often criticize, look down upon and say, well, you're telling the family business and you shouldn't do that. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And for myself, I can finally say that in some ways I know I was abused. Perhaps even molested physically. Not just emotional, mental trauma. Because even at this age and stage of life, those memories haunt me. But thankfully, somewhere along the way, as a kid, there's a spiritual aspect that's placed into my life. I mean, a spiritual aspect that was given a little red. Back in those days, you got a little red testament. Like, those old ones to remember those little things. Some of us, more for me, with Gideon Bibles you see in the hotels. And I latched on to fantasy and spirituality, and some may say they're the same, but I don't. I believe that they differ with some similarities. I knew that there was a power greater than myself, someone I cried out to, I prayed to in the nights, so I would get through the day. There was even an incident when in school where I now, since my gateway of memories, okay. Oh, gateway to my memories are open. Yeah, because I'm in one of the best places of my life. I'm able to remember things that I must forgot. Where a, a teacher asked me, laid her hands gently upon my chest and asked me why my heart beat so fast. Looking back, it was racing because I was anxious. I was concerned. I was feeling that I had to be better than what I was because where I was at at the end of the day when I went home I was praised on one hand and condemned on the other and perhaps even at some point early or at age of five who knows 13 can't verify it but there are some deeper levels of abuse so I latched on to faith to this God that I her preached in our a few times I went to the church. This God I was able to read about the Red Testament. New Testament that was given to me. See, sometimes the Savior of believing in a Savior. Resting in hope in something greater than yourself becomes a shield against reality. What you're dealing with. I can only speak as a black man that we often have issues that we carry on throughout life. That we 
dress them up in religion. Religion becomes not, in our minds it becomes a saving, safe place, but it's really becoming a prison. Like I talked about in my last episode, a personal prison. So, yeah. Going back and forth from the early years and adulthood, in the middle there was the teenage years where I really got a chance to interact somewhat. My mom and my mom allowed me to have some male mentors and life was kind of balanced, but at the end of the day, I had to go back to that same home environment where the same grandmother who loved the only way she knew how kept the pot stirred, as we used to say back in the day. Where angry words were spoken more than peaceful words. Where words such as, you need to be more like those people on TV. She loved the soaps. So she glorified the white folks on the freaking television and condemned her own blood. Fuck that shit. It's got my mind back in a place where it shouldn't be from time to time. Those memories. We, you may say, well, our God, Alfred, how can you curse like that? You're not that guy. Because sometimes that's the only way you can let go of it. Attach something to the pain, the memory. Attack it head on, because that's what it was. Mental manipulation of a innocent mind who would, you know, I look around me, I interact with young guys through my side hustle. I've mentored young people been a, as an adult. When you get them talking, they're wearing a, they're wearing a, a, a fake face. When you really get them pouring their hearts and souls out. They're enduring some things that they shouldn't be enduring. Childhood It's a period of life where you're supposed to grow up and become X, Y, Z. Some of you swear, you know, you heard about the aspects of my story. But it affects you. Failure, being taught. Failure with misguided faith. When the faith is not real. I was able to latch onto a real faith that brought me up and out of a lot of it. Until that faith, at the age of 17 or 18, became my personal prison again. You look at the age where I can make some decisions, y'all. You know, you get the age where you come, in, you come out of high school and you, you don't even go to college or you going to go in the military, or you're going to pursue some trade, or you just get going into an early stage of adult life, and life is yours. Well, for me, as I enter that stage, I I took my personal prisoner with me. Being in a small town, not having anyone really could turn to to help guide me. And by this time, my mom and her stepdad was there to be more. But they came along a little bit late. They came, we interacted more, we got closer. 
after I latched on to one of the most conservative forms of Christianity there ever was. There I was staying on the air cusp of joining the United States Navy. And yes, these childhood memories and traumas, traumatic events would follow me there. But I chose a personal prison of conservative Christianity. Became a prayer aesthetic, what at the time was the leading, one of the leading publications of Jehovah's Witnesses. I dove heavily into the book, The Truth That Leads Ever to Everlasting Life. Because I had some young guys in my life at the time who took a real interest in me and my spiritual journey and started exposing me to some things that I wasn't allowed to expose. Getting me out and going here, going there. I got to travel out of town one time, stay at a first hotel. He said, well, man, you were sheltered, dude. They showed me things from the scriptures, their version of interpretation of the text. And I bought into everything. Believing that this truth, this absolute truth, was better than what I had known because the Christianity as I knew it was jaded. It was about giving some money, doing some shouting, some singing, some but things we're familiar with in the African community. Those are our time, especially the small town. But most importantly of all, I had some solid friendships, some guy friends. We got to share the travel a little bit. So I chose my newfound faith over a possible naval career. Whether or not my story would have been an Antoine Fisher story or not type, I don't know because of the choice I made in that context. For Antoine, and those who know of Antoine Fisher, he came out of an abusive childhood of molestation and other horrors. He lived long enough to confront those who hurt him. You see, this joke's real, y'all. I have, I yes, I am a Christian of the Christian faith. No, I am not one of Jehovah's Witnesses any longer. I would not become a person associated with any type of organized structure, religion, Christianity again if it requires that I surrender who I am to become who they think I must be. Thankfully, at this age and stage of life, I've lived long enough to take the turns with where I can place myself at. Because for a while, even recently, I, I was on an evangelical bandwagon. So along that, in that period, I gave in to y'all. I gave in to everything that was required. Even after these young men packed up their bags, left and went on their own life journey, they left me in my small town of Belhaven, North Carolina. I was one of the 
stricter, stricter defenders of the faith. I had to be to walk away from a Navy contract. Instead of acknowledging that my future salvation or saving will come by mercy, grace, and the the love of God for me more than anything I can do for him. I did as the ancient Apostle Paul did. Historical record, you can check it for yourself, talks about this apostle who was formerly known as Saul of Tarsus because he came from the city of Tarsus. This man was raised in strictures of Jewish traditions. He was Reportedly, uh, the Pharisaic group, he knew this ancient text inside out, upside down, forwards and backwards. He knew it to the point that there was no way on earth this Jesus, this Nazarene, this one from Galilee, this one born of, in Bethlehem in a freaking stable could possibly be, be the hope of all mankind. I walked in that path as one of the chosen witnesses. I walked in the duality of God where some walk in the Trinitarian of God, for your God as the Jewish people did as Paul did back then as they did back then. I use this as my crutch. My, I didn't realize at the time that's what it was doing. It was protecting me. It was shielding me because Anything I didn't need to know, I just had to go to a book, which took me to a scripture. It gave me a clear explanation of what God's intent was, and it was no individual purpose. It was a communal purpose for life. It wasn't you discover your life journey, what you were in this planet for, it was for everyone was on the same journey. Those who were not on that journey will someday face Jehovah's wrath. For just as churches went heavy on hellfire and damnation doctrines, still do. The pack, the message is the same regardless of the package, y'all. The message is the same. You line up with a set of rules and regulations set out by some human being. Use the men, folk, and their narrow view of. Scripture, biblical text, and there's plenty even today, not just witnesses. Uh, he said, well, you were a man, you were full grown, why didn't you just walk away? Because it gave me a safe space, and we love safe spaces. I didn't go, I could read, research, and find and, that's, and those who know me know I love history. I love discovering new aspects of history, it's biblical history. Somebody say it's not biblical history, it's, not, it's just legend and folklore. A lot of this stuff has been verified by archaeologists, at least places, locations, and things of that sort. Uh, but I went from an aspect of like Paul did. 
literal interpretation of text. Follow the rules. Remain a virgin. Because most Christians teach that sex outside of marriage is wrong. Especially evangelicals or those of the conservative faith. These evangelicals, that's seeing the ones leading the way now. They use the same text, but it may differ in their presentation of the text. That's why the do's and the don'ts. If you want to get into God's heaven, they, though they may attack each other with doctrine, they really teaching the same thing. I bought into all that. Even down to the point of following the guidelines, procedures of, at that time, of the governing body of children's witnesses. Because there was a lot of people I knew that was sidestepping those interpretations of text and doing their own thing. And I came to love through the lens of scripture. Led to a marriage. Marriage, I thought, would, you know, make some relationship to continue making life better for you. And I don't regret the things I learned. Don't get me wrong here. I don't regret the 20 some long years of being married. Regret would be nothing but another bad pill to say I hated what I went through. I didn't hate that period of my life, those periods of my life. I just now. As I got into my 40s, realized that they were placebos to the real pain. The pain of my childhood traumatic experiences. The reasons why I withdrew from my wife, played the part of being a great husband, was there, served in different kingdom halls and different places, did my Christian duties, did my Christian diligence, carried due diligence, walked the line of the biblical text as it was handed out. And it's not just with with witnesses. People do it in different denominations. I've seen it done. I've seen those who get tired and once they step back and step away, they are no longer friends of the friends they had. Because it's like this, as long as you play by the rules, you stay in the group. In good favor. But if you're scarred, beaten up, banged up, and broken, but you're walking around like you're whole and you're really nothing more than an emperor, his new clothes. You're really just naked and don't even know it. I said there's so many in our African American community. So many of us, so many of us won't get the help we need. We dress it up with religion and Christianity. We go to our churches. We go to our shouting and hollering. We go to our more laid back settings so we sit and fold our hands and we pray. We follow the rules and the regulations to reach out to the God that we believe in, and yet that's all it is a safety net, a safe space. 
because we're avoiding the mental trauma that we went through. We're avoiding confronting our demons that harm each and every relationship we get in. Anyone wonder why my so-called semi-perfect marriage failed? Why I just walked away? There's lots of reasons. Biggest reason was I was living a lie. The longer I lived it, the greater the damage would be. So if my sons are watching this video or listening to this podcast or any other one, they all listen. I was living a big religious lie. Thinking that some action of mine would maintain God's favor and I realized it would not. And when I confronted those in positions of leadership to get some real spiritual guidance and was just giving more scriptures to read, more things to study, more articles to look up. I can't do this no more. When I loved through a lens and my greatest love was my sons. It hurt. Our relationships got damaged. We still have scars. There's some healing that still needs to be done in that area. But they had a father who was hurting, who was loving them through his hurt, or trying to be the man and the dad I never knew. Thankfully, my stepdad gave me some guys living long enough to teach me some qualities. My mom's first husband. Got some good things I was able to pass on to them that they did not carry out in their life. But other than leave all of that was a damaged, broken little boy, which is one of the reasons I titled my book Little Boy Lost. Needed some healing. So if you're still with me in this very long episode of failure, faith, and falling up, don't be afraid to reach out. If you got, if you gloss over what you're doing with faith, spirituality of some sort, it's in a box. Then reach out to someone who will help you see that spirituality is not about rules, regulations, and procedures. Faith in God is not about that. Failure is not final and it cannot it will not be fatal if you face up to the fact that the reason you keep failing in your jobs and your careers and your relationships is in a lot of ways associated with maybe even one small childhood trauma. One event in your life. And you just say, well, I searched my back. I can't remember nothing. I was in a good home. My life was this, and we did this. We did that, and we did this, and we did that. Somewhere along the way, something got jacked up. Something happened to you somewhere along the way that you ever suppressed. I'm not a mental health professional, but I do know how the mind works. Sometimes that which we may not consider a traumatic event is, is actually one. If there's ever been a period in your life where you felt that you were less than who you are growing up, that's trauma. There's a great book out there that I finished, Think Unbroken. Think Unbroken, look it up. 
read the book. I finished it. The hard copy. So you can see the words jump off the page. I think I'm broken. I'm going here to where I am in this podcast episode because I feel that there's a time to address the three F's. Faith, failure, faith, and falling up. That faith should be more than just rituals. And failure, the childhood upbringing trauma is not final. But it will affect you and your relationships. It affected my marriage. I had a great woman with me who woke me up from night sweats, night terrors. The things I could not remember were attacking me even at my deepest moment. Stood by me. I had to walk away eventually. So you could steal your heal. People stay healed through stuff. Yeah, but when the circumstances are wrapped around some type of religious thing, some external thing. Like some people, they have family members who they allow control every aspect of their life because they have the power, the money, and the abilities to do so. So they surrender to what they want to do, like the way they want them to do it. It's not always religion. I would say this: if you love, you have to first learn how to love yourself freely before you can love someone else freely. We willing to take that journey into self love. Self-care. Sometimes that means walking away from those who you do love. Walking away from relationships, walking away from marriages, walking away from friends that's been your friends for years. Walking away from religious communities that you've been part of, spiritual communities. Because if you don't love, discover self-love, it's no good to love. You never will be loving anyone else to serve and no one else to be there for anyone else. That's part of falling up. First, I want to say love up. I changed it to falling up. Because, see, the failure and the faith involved falling down. Because Les Brown would say, if you can look up, you can get up. So, falling up. Learn how to fall up in relationships. Learn how to walk with those who will pick you up. Learn how to be with those who stand by you when you don't even have words to say to them. And they they look at you and they don't have words to say to you. Fall up. You say, you can't fall up. That's the gift scrap. Yes, you can. Up is a mindset. That one is a mindset. That's what writers once said. As a person, think of so they are. So you think down, you be down. You think up, you be up. Fall up. You know, I don't know where you may be at your heal, healing journey. You may say, well, I don't need no healing. But yes, you do. Every one of them has some type of scars. You live long enough, you look, get beat up, banged up, chewed up. But something in this thing called life. Question is, will you fall up? Will you do not believe that you're preconditioned to fail? So when that condition comes along, you say, "Not me." If you're one of my black brothers who are tapped into my podcast or to my YouTube version of this podcast episode, you're watching it or you're hearing it. 
If someone has told you your past is your past, you need to move on from it. Bull crap. We are all of who we are. From the childhood aspects of our life, teenage years aspect of our life, early adult, we are the same person, just a different stage of our life. Self-acceptance, self-care, self-awareness. When I reach out to a therapist again, yeah. When I said go to counseling again, yes. Do I love differently now? Yes. After, I've been one of the best places that I have ever been with one of the best people I could be with at this time of my life. We're transparent with each other. We talk. We share our pain, our trauma. We share our good days, our bad days. And sometimes, like this evening, we just don't really say much because she knew that I was going to get up here and do this at some point before the morning. Cried a little bit in this video. I shared some things that I don't think I've shared before in some details. Because until you choose healing as an option, a true faith, spirituality, that faith which is not attached to a bunch of rules, regulations, guidelines, that thing which the ancient ones in the New Testament gospel, those who chose to follow this man Jesus latched themselves onto. They didn't latch themselves onto a whole bunch of rules and regulations. They latched themselves onto the way he cared for them, loved them, and showed them a walk a different way. How he hung out with the bums, the beat-ups, the prostitutes. The worst of the worst, he was there for the low of the low. Spiritual, not religion. Christianity, not religion. Christianity nowadays loves the holiday. It's about relationship. Well, how in the heck can you have a relationship when you no longer hang and have be with those who no longer agree with you or walk the way you walk? Well, you can't have conversation with those who disagree with you over doctrine, over procedures, over this, over that. Well, you choose to cut yourself off of such folks. Then it comes about relationship with you, not relationship with him. All up in your faith. The one who never failed will never fail you. He hasn't failed me to this day. Whether I refer to him as Jehovah, whether I approach him in that context, or approach him now, I believe it's only by the mercy and grace this one who hung out with the beat up people, the broken people, who could look at those who wanted to condemn a woman and say, you without sin cast the first stone. Who could tell the story, uh, who told the story of the man wounded along the road where the good religious folk walked by. But one that he looked down upon was this man saving grace, the story that's known as the Good Samaritan. 
But you see along this journey, through those years of conservative Christianity, that spiritual part of me still burned. People could put your light out with their words, but they can't put the fire of God out with their words. You let that thing burn inside of you, that spiritual glow, that, let that thing nurturing you. You say, well, I am not a Christian. I am an atheist. I am agnostic. If you let that spirituality, however it manifests as a burn, bright, they find the courage to step into who you are, not who someone says you are. Because in my childhood, I was preconditioned to fail. But how good I was, what I did, through the abuse, call it for what it is. When someone tells you your mom don't love you, or talks bad about your mother and your kid, that's abuse. To look, you think. As a kid, you're like, that's the one person you do with. No, that's a piece. It's a lie. When that someone put their hands on you, your body, have you doing things you shouldn't do in a sexual way, that's a piece. When you grow through your puberty years and you don't, you awkward, you're trying to find your, I don't think you still use that word now, the teenage years and you trying to find your way. But others come along and manipulate that way. That's abuse. And one of the greatest charities is giving up yourself for one, changing one abuser for another abuser. They promise you you are paradise. Or some heavenly calling one day if you follow their rules and regulations. Because really they say, as long as you're failing, you need us. But the Bible, we all are imperfect. We all fail. Question is, are we going to tap into the power of a Savior or something great, someone greater than ourselves, a spiritual reality greater than ourselves that says it's not about your failure, it's about your missteps, it's about you living and breathing your best life and being comfortable in who you are. And get to help your traumatic experiences in life. And some of you may have never had any of this, never encountered anything. Some of you may have only seen the best role models of good family life, and that's great. I'm happy for you, but I didn't. I was created. I had some good role models throughout, but the life I lived for 20 some years in a marriage was created. It maintained by the oxygen of rules, regulations. I taught love, but not love freely. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your bodies, how you express yourself sexually for freedoms. This is a different, some say, well, this is a different type. No, it's not really different. It's just we are more conscious of what each other, we all are doing because of social media. But be who you are. It's your journey. People love telling you, telling us how we are, how we should be, others. But don't want to live your life for you, but you. 
Let your failures, accept your failures. Discover what faith you need to walk in. Fall up. Love freely, however that love freely looks. I will say do not do things that cause self-harm, though. You know, we have one body to take care of it. Do your best to be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Realize that you're not in this thing called life alone. And where you've been and which decisions you made. Learn from them to those things. Accept those decisions, good, bad, and different, as choices you made to help get you where you are today. You still, as we, long as we live and breathe, we have missteps. We will make mistakes. We will fail. But if you choose to lack yourself onto faith, a faith beyond measure, a faith not only yourself, a faith that's it's I, I, it's rooted not in rules, religions, and rituals. Rooted in love and compassion and understanding. Try to practice those things. Try, try to practice acceptance and diversity. We're confronted with what the commands were, greatest commandment was. It's written that Jesus Christ himself said, is this, to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. These commandments sum up the law, he's reportedly of saying. You say, Alfred, why are you throwing in this biblical stuff with this thing? Because remember in the beginning, I was given this little red New Testament, as we used to get back in the day. And it began with the book of Matthew. And those who know anything about the Bible knows, you get into chapter 5, it's about the so-called Beatitudes, blessed, blessed, blessed. Then you go deeper when he has his conversations with different people. And he tells his stories and the parables, the four Gospels of that first, of that New Testament, the second half of the Bible. As we know, come to accept it. Others have different, as we could accept it. These words, these things, they resonated with me. Beyond all the doctrinal things I learned, is what it shows this is. Beyond all the doctrinal things I've learned in church, church, traditional churches. Because some have asked me, well, how can you go along with certain things if you know biblical history say this, this, and that? You're so different, this, and that. I'm not going to those things right now. I can go along because everyone living and breathing is entitled to an opinion. The text I have highlighted in this podcast episode, you can read them across Biblical spectrums, different Bible translations, different Bible versions. They're already similar. Okay, I'm going to question those things. Doctrine, Trinitarian doctrine, duality of God, singularity of God, different people, God, different ways. I can accept that. Questions can you? 
you can, and you will see the spirituality of God. Whether it's manifested as a Muslim, as a Buddhist, as a person of the Hindu faith, the, the host of religions go on, you see the spirituality of God. The spirituality of God rooted in love is able to overcome any type of trauma, I believe. So you may say, well, you're giving me a sermon, y'all. You're preaching to me. Call it what you will. But without my faith that I discovered right at the age of five or whatever was I first received that New Testament, I was able to read it for myself. I probably wouldn't be here today. And no, it did not save my marriage. And no, it's not preventing me from doing some other things. It's not about prevention. It's about revelation of who you are as a person. See yourself through a spiritual lens. And that lens could be some other type of religion. But seeing yourself through a spiritual lens that teaches that God is love and love. As John Lennon was like, I think it was John Lennon who said, love is the answer. Maybe it's some other person. Love must begin with you. That one-on-one -on -one relationship with yourself so you can follow up. I could not love the person I went from now if I hadn't experienced some hurt, past hurts with other people that revealed to me the fractures in my own self. Because you see, Broken love finds other broken loves. Healing love finds healing love, in my opinion. Healthy love finds healthy love. Companionship, openness, transparency, all that. The damaged stuff finds damage. And those who cannot admit that they're damaged, can only help me walk with you in your damaged brokenness. But if you can admit it, you can start growing as a person. You can start growing as a couple. You can start healing your family bloodline. You can start breaking generational curses, family curses. The cycle of abuse stopped. The devil entered my family. I once had. But the verbal words continue from time to time. We guess arguments, yeah, all that. So, come to know yourself. Watch your words. Discover who you are. Challenge yourself to accept your failures, to walk out your faith. To fall up in love and accept that you're not conditioned to fail because of your mistakes, because of your broken relationships. I did my dating in my 40s. All you date early teenage years, early 20s, I kind of went backwards on it because I was in that religious spectrum that I chose to be in. And now in my late 50s, 
get it across over to the age of 60, God willing, next year. I'm in a place I never thought I would arrive to. With a person I never thought I'd arrive to with. And I mentioned her throughout other episodes. Because we, I respect how that love her, sacred respect for her. So that we don't put all our business out everywhere on social media. I wanted to. She didn't want to. I talk about her in this podcast episode because she's been through her life trauma, her journey, her troubles, her ups and downs, and she's came out stronger and better. And she loved herself before she loved me. That's important to me. She asked me why the marriage not working out. I addressed some of that in this episode. There's a close it out. Mental health is important. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your spiritual health. Not just your physical health. We can eat the right foods. We can do the exercise. We can do the quiet time. It's our body's process and not just our foods or whatever. But mental health is important. If you have scars, address those scars. Get the professional help. If you have been scarred religiously, spiritually, get the help. Seek it out. Go look for it. If I mention the book, Think I'm Broken, get that book. That's a great resource. Other Brene Brown's book, uh, Title is eluding me right now. Power of vulnerability. Become more vulnerable. First with yourself, then with others. Because if you don't, you carry this junk into every relationship. By the grace of God, I'm where I'm at now. At the right time, we're going to step on the world stage together. And we're going to allow him to use his power over our lives. You say, well, how can you allow God to do anything? Well, it's like this. You can resist and fight. Or we can surrender too. We can surrender. We're in the process of surrendering too. So you can take us individually. There's a couple of places that we never even imagined. We've chosen not to focus on our failures. We've chosen to focus on our faith. Her and I have chosen to fall up separately and as a couple. I go to my job every day and I choose to fall up in my faith. I do my side hustle, I choose to fall up in my faith. Because it's not about what you get, it's about what you give. The more you give yourself out of that love the way Jesus Christ did for others. Or whatever your religious system teaches you to give and manifest love. Manifest love and patience and understanding. Fall up. face that which may be preventing you from doing so. Uh, I've got a lot of hashtags and links things going on in my text here. Um, basically, click the link in my bio or any of my social media and uh, follow me, engage with me. I will engage with you. Uh, as I come across resources, we're dealing with 
mental challenges, I would share them. I would not bite my tongue and talk about spiritual challenges either. Because that thing I talked about last week, personal prison, is real. Break out of it. The door is open. You can walk through it. Being preconditioned to fail, not me. Not you. Because what we've been taught is not how we have to live. It's your choice, y'all. Failure. Faith that will come failure. And to fall up. 